Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the author of the film review website, quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews anytime you want, quipster.net. That's Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today, I'm going to be looking at a film that I've been pretty negligent about getting around to seeing. Finally got a chance to. It's Thor Ragnarok, the latest film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's an action fantasy adventure rated PG-13 for intense sequences of sci-fi violence and action and brief suggestive material. It runs two hours and ten minutes. My apologies for not getting to this a little bit sooner, but life has been incredibly busy for me. A lot of changes, a lot of good things, a lot of really sad things, but I'm just getting back into the swing of things for 2018. By the way, Happy New Year to everyone out there. Looks like it's going to be another great year for cinema this year. But we have some 2017 films to look into, and I'm going to be playing catch-up for a little while, so you'll get a few films like Thor that are belated, but they're still out in the theaters. Thor Ragnarok sees here In terms of its plot, the emergence of a character named Hela, she's the goddess of death. She ends up defiantly defeating her half-brothers, I guess one's an adopted brother, so I don't know if that really counts, but Thor, being her half-brother and Loki, the adopted brother, she makes her way to Asgard in order to lay dominion after the death of Odin and kicks forth Ragnarok, the fated apocalypse of Norse mythology. Meanwhile, during this story, Mjolnir, Thor's hammer of renown, he ends up losing that, perhaps permanently, and through a series of circumstances, Thor himself ends up becoming a sort of cosmic gladiator on a faraway planet called Sakaar. It's a trash planet run by the Grandmaster, played by Jeff Goldblum, and that gladiatorial combat that he's forced to enter into pits him against the fiercest opponent in the galaxy, ends up being fellow Avenger Hulk. To save Asgard and the known universe from Hela's grasp, Thor has to claw his way back out of that planet of Sakaar and return to the fray in Asgard with some help from a, an odd collection of allies. I won't get into exactly how or who. Thor Ragnarok is most notable because it's directed by the Kiwi funny man, Taika Waititi, out of New Zealand. And it's perhaps the most full-blown comedy in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I realize that some people may argue that Guardians of the Galaxy should get that honor. But I do think that Thor Ragnarok tries for even more laughs than Guardians of the Galaxy, as funny as that film is. You know, if you follow the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you already know that these are a collection of films that are very much known for liberal amounts of comic relief amid the tenser action moments. So certainly it's in keeping, I suppose, to still have a full-out comedy as part of that universe. It's largely seen as a welcome breath of fresh air because the prior two Thor films are considered by many to be near the bottom of the pack when it comes to the quality of the MCU filmography. Fans mostly like those predecessors for their comedic moments, and they end up growing restless when things get a little bit dark or stick to the plot because those aren't as interesting. This one's built on crazy special effects work, even zanier antics. Taika Waititi and the screenwriters that are credited here, Eric Pearson, Craig Kyle, Chris Yost, avoid those lulls. This is a film that is very heavily improvised and it had a whole series of writers that were throwing out different directions and different jokes and a lot of those ended up on the cutting room floor. But what ends up in the film ends up working for the most part. And this one perpetually pushes forward a lot of in-jokes for Marvel Cinematic Universe fans. There are plenty of spoof-tinged moments to draw you into its 
peculiar world of comedy that's contained within this very relatively basic plot structure. I don't think anybody is going into this film thinking that, hmm, well, this is a great plot. I definitely have to see this. It's too bad for those jokes. This is not that kind of movie. Amazingly, despite the hilarious tone of Thor Ragnarok, it doesn't feel like a break from the MCU. All of the films thus far have emphasized comedy as a vital component of it, their storytelling. So underneath the ridiculous antics, the snarky bickering, the tongue-in-cheek quips, this is a relatively traditional Marvel film if you're going to examine it as far as its structure. It's powered by a Norse anthem from Led Zeppelin and their immigrant song and a couple of key sequences. And Thor Ragnarok using that music the same way with Guardians of the Galaxy, it never lacks for energy or a certain vibrancy. This is a lavish film. It's full of garish set designs, very immaculate costumes. They all add to the sense of a newer style that's befitting the cosmic nature of the adventure. Although Chris Hemsworth continues to prove he's a comedically talented actor on film, there's plenty of room for a lot of these other actors to steal the show, at least for a spell. This may be the first time in cinematic history that the Hulk is an interesting character that's actually fun to watch when he isn't being used for rage and action sequences. Seeing the Hulk remain the Hulk in downtime is the nuance that I do think he needs in order to achieve a better balance than just watching Mark Ruffalo as his alter ego, Bruce Banner, play a mega genius, mostly unconvincingly, I think. But both he and Thor sat out of Captain America Civil War for this side adventure. And while they weren't really missed in that film because there was so much to take in from a whole collection of different characters. Their presence, I think, in future entries is going to be needed because their banter and their interplay in this version, in Thor Ragnarok, injects a lot of good energy into their antics. And I do think that it rejuvenates their characters. It rejuvenates a lot of the stale ideas that have littered the Thor sub-universe, I guess. Tessa Thompson, she makes a big splash here as the vicious, lush Valkyrie, who's the sole remaining warrior out of the class of female fighters that were once defeated at the hands of Hela. She binge drinks her way as a bounty hunter and rounds up warriors to fight on Sakaar for the Grandmaster, who is played suitably flamboyant by Jeff Goldblum, who milks each line for maximum comedic effect. I really like the casting in this movie. It works spot on. Idris Elba is back. He gets to impose his formidable presence as Heimdall, who just might be the most heroic of Asgard's elite warriors. And Kate Blanchett here, of course, we know that she's one of the greatest actresses in cinema today. She gets to chew the scenery here in a role that doesn't really explore a lot of depth or nuance, but she does embody that sinister despicableness that I think is called for for such a heavy. There are a few very funny cameo appearances as well to spice up the hilarious momentum of the overall arc. They're not necessarily needed, but they're there. You know, this is a film that is a collection of a lot of really choice and fun small moments, and all of those moments end up adding up to something substantial. You know, if you're going to examine this film in its totality, I don't know that this necessarily pushes forward the Marvel Cinematic Universe by great leaps and bounds, but it is, sure, an entertaining film. Although it does play as a reverent front, there's some thematic material underneath that can be seen as somewhat heavier during the course of his adventure. Thor has to learn where the source of his power really comes from, not necessarily Mjolnir. He also has to learn what's important about his homeland of Asgard. What does it mean to be home, or what does it mean to be Asgardian? The silly tone, despite a few slower moments, never quite wavers, although the film does occasionally stumble from making its dialogue 
a tad too sitcom in delivery because you have those typical uncomfortable asides that we get in a lot of modern comedies and awkward reaction shots instead of the natural flow of conversation among characters that despise one another. In fact, a lot of the characterizations kind of reside on the same level of comedy, just like one or two steps removed from taking it all seriously. Every character in this film is slightly played for comedy. Whereas in a lot of the other Marvel Cinematic Universe films, it's only a few funny moments and a few funny characters. But for the most part, there are characters that exist that are very serious. Although the Marvel films have always seemed to cautiously be made by committee, one gets the sense from the results that Taika Waititi had been allowed a lot more leniency with the Thor franchise. His trademark humor is all over this film. He even gets to cast some of his favorite actors from New Zealand, like Sam Neill and Rachel House. And he even casts himself as the voice of a glib motion capture gladiator named Korg, perhaps a result of it being a flagging arm in the cinematic universe instead of a flagship, is the reason why he was given a little bit more carte blanche to make something more out of Thor than what was already there. You know, taken for what it is, Thor Ragnarok is truly an absurd film. But I do think that it's made by those who know that it is, and they know that we know that it is as well. Whereas the first two Thor films pushed forward jokes about the god being a fish out of water on Earth that was lending to a lot of the better moments in those two films, I think Thor Ragnarok takes a different approach. It puts that fish into a much larger ocean instead of a fish out of water. And that ocean is full of far more off-kilter denizens to swim among. And it asks us to join in on the fun. And with Taika Waititi at the home, it's hard not to be swayed by the humor and the panache of it. It's more of a casual party of persistent distraction than it is a spellbinding tale of true inspiration. But I don't think it's a bad thing to blow off some steam once in a while, especially in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because it's good to change tones, change directions, change directors, and spice things up now and then, because it could all get very stale and very limiting. So it's good to see that there are at least half steps taken in different directions in order to keep things fresh, keep things moving, keep things flowing, and to gather momentum. So I'm going to give Thor Ragnarok three and a half stars. You have to remember... Even though a lot of people don't really like the previous two Thor films as much as many of the other films in the cinematic universe, I still gave those three stars. So I'm going to give this one a slightly higher grade, three and a half stars, which means I do think that this is a good movie. It's a funny movie. I think it's one of the better comedies that I've seen this year. It made me laugh quite a few times. I don't know that this is necessarily going to change your mind if you're not a big fan of the Marvel films. But I do think that it is certainly an entertaining one, and I, I would recommend it, especially since Taika Waititi, whose fans are coming into this film, will see a lot of his trademark humor within this. It's going to be one of those rare films that pleases both the auteur as well as the typical commercial product that they're trying to sell as well. So three and a half stars goes to Thor Ragnarok. Thank you very much for listening. I hope that you like this film review enough to click the subscribe button as I continue to deliver all of the films that are out there in the theater on the Quipster Film Review Podcast. I also want to plug my other podcast that I do. It is covering films of the 1980s. Just do a search for Around the World in 80s Movies and you'll get that companion podcast to this as well. Because a lot of the filmmakers of today were influenced by the filmmakers of yesteryear. And certainly I get to talk about both sides of that. also want to plug my friends over at the In Session Film Podcast. Brendan and JD do a hell of a job in covering all things film, really. So go check out InSessionFilm.com for details on that. And until next time, thank you everyone for listening. And I hope that if you do see Thor Ragnarok, you had as good a time as I did. <laughs>